0: Uh, welcome to the latest Love Sport Podcast. It's Paul, John and Super Pete. And tonight we're going to cover the A-League. We're going to cover the Matildas. We're going to look at our jersey bracket. going to let you know who won out of Dortmund and Belmaine. Cover a few other things. Ashes could be washed out. You never know. Well, at least the first test anyway. This is, was and always will be the Love Sport Podcast. Get back to where we once belonged. Podcast, we are in the throes of our jersey challenge, so we'll come to that a little bit later. Our first kind of result is almost formed. Uh, we're going to talk EPL, we're going to talk a uh, little bit of you know, upcoming W league, the Matildas. There's a lot of sport going on, and there's a lot of female sport as well. So, how are we, boys? Doing well, thank you.
1: Good to be back, that's for sure. Glad to have you back. And, uh, you, what about you, John? Man, I'm gangbusters. So I, I'm trying to remember. I can't find an adjective to describe how good I feel at the moment. So, there you go. Even after this morning's uh, results with
0: Newcastle, who were extremely brave? Oh,
1: brave, Schmave, whatever. I'm good, man. I, I, I refuse to invest my whole life anymore into sports teams.
0: Well, now that is easy to do when your teams are not doing well because I've actually done that myself. Guys, we'll start off with Matilda's, I think... I think, once again, very much outplayed uh, by the US, but getting a late draw was... Um, where do you see the result there, Pete? Uh, beside of, it beside of being a draw?
2: Yeah, I think that Matildas will be incredibly excited that they managed to get a draw out of the game that they probably should have lost by a fair few goals. That, uh, you know, a, a game plan was set and lasted about 30 seconds and then very quickly changed <laughs> and... Then very quickly changed again and at no point did I actually kind of know what Matildas were actually trying to achieve except for the fact that at one point um, there were about 20 long balls direct to Sam Kerr to try and chase after. And I went, oh, that's the game plan. Okay.
0: And I think that's what a lot of people are saying at the moment um, is that there's no easily defined or easy to see game plan. And uh, Kaya Simon, it was fantastic to see her get back on the board um, after Ashley Hatch scored very on for the United States. And they could have been three or four up at half halftime, um, if truth be told. Yeah, well, they should have been, um, <laughs> to be
2: blunt. that They should have been. USA, uh, they showed it in Game 1 and Game 2, that they were faster, fitter, uh, mentally stronger. They were better in challenges. They were hungrier for the ball. They knew their game plan. They knew what they wanted to do in attack. They knew what they wanted to do in defense. It was almost as if, you know, they actually had
0: a game plan and executed it pretty gosh damn well. Well, a good friend of our podcast, my old man, Gary, um, he watched the game and he and he was basically saying that, um, and it was a fair point he's made, is that the Americans play pretty much, most of them still play in America. It's easy for them to get to their camps together, where, as at the moment Australians are playing in England, they're playing in the US, they're playing in Europe and it's a lot harder for them to get together. Is that that any kind of fair point to why there's not a cohesive game plan? Well,
2: yeah, exactly, because what happened uh, a number of years ago for the US Women's National Team was that they actually had in their contracts, if they wanted to play for the US National Team, they had to play three out of the four years of competition cycle in their own country. Uh, So it was incredibly rare for a a player to actually head overseas and and play elsewhere. So, you know, it's... It's a really interesting thing to be able to do something like that. Um, to be blunt, France did the exact same in their men's football a number of years ago, where they actually yep. said they would only allow French footballers to play in the French league and they would not allow any foreigners. Uh, and suddenly there was a huge growth in France. We see this in USA women's national team that a number of their players play in the uh, you know, United States. So, if you're playing against the best, of the best on a weekly basis, you're generically going to get a whole lot better. And to be blunt, you know, US Women's National Team are making debuts for players who have played, you know, 20, 30, 40 uh, college soccer games and then played in the yep. NWSL, whilst we're making debuts for players who have played an NPL season and a handful of games in a W League season. And, you know, 23-year-olds making debuts versus 17-year-olds making debuts. It's, you know, couldn't be further apart.
1: And if you well, want to be the best in the world, yep. you have to find a way around it. 100%. You know, so everyone's aware of those kind of issues. And, <clears throat> I mean, you know, Australia's got – Australia's certainly not an impoverished country, not a poor country. The, the girls have got opportunities to play in Europe. They come home. You know, like, the game was played in Australia. So, Exactly. You
0: know. and, and, and I could be wrong here, Pete. You're the super stat man when it comes to the world game. Three wins out of the past 15 for the um, Matildas. Is that correct? Yeah, you are correct. That's, that's not good in anyone's book for a team that's meant to be on the up and up. So, look, in saying that, they got the draw better than the previous result. And I'm not going to go on about it. But, guys, I think men, women, whatever – we're allowed to comment on women's sport the same way we can comment on men. It doesn't mean you're a hater. Okay. So I'm not going to go specifically into it, but if you want true equality in sport, people should be able to call it the way they see it, you know, respectfully, of course. But if you think a team's not going good, you're allowed to say it, it doesn't mean you're a hater.
1: They're not going to but, get anywhere unless they absorb criticism. And I, I think
0: that's something that from the outside, I don't think they're handling very well. That's just my opinion. Um, Look, there was a WBBL final played uh, last weekend as well, and if you told me there'd be two hundred and eighty runs in forty overs in a game at T20, you'd think, oh, that's that's pretty average. But in the women's game, that's a fantastic. Uh, it was a really good game, and I think the best team of the uh, WBBL. And there was fifty nine games played throughout the uh, throughout the series. So, congratulations to Perth Scorchers women um, winning the WBBL. Um, been something good to watch over summer, or not over summer, just leading up to summer. Um, but Sophie DeByne leading the way with 35 runs. Um, Marizan Cap as well with uh, 23. Talia McGrath and Megan Shuke just getting the single wickets each. Um, I worked with the uh, some of the uh, Adelaide strikers' women, so I think they did really well. But congratulations to Perth uh, fantastic result.
1: And on the subject yeah. of women's sport, I might as well throw this in at the moment, is that the Australian women's rugby sevens team won its first international tournament for six years at the Dubai Open, which was uh, the first the Olympics with all the big teams there. And I just have to make point that both of our girls, Maddie and, and um, Tegan Levi, were both uh, in the team. And what a fantastic thing it was to watch and to see the girls come out. I mean, they didn't. Know, Tegan didn't get on the field in the final and and you know Maddie only had limited time but they're part of the plans going forward and yeah they had a win so in a, in a great week of, of women's sport cashing in on the fact that there's not a lot else on around australia at the moment that was just another real great high point no absolutely
0: and uh, we also had uh, a third in the ballon d'Or, I think we had young young Kurt. Sam I think Kurt. she came she came third did she she did. Okay, so it's been a fantastic, uh, fantastic uh, recent period for women's sport, and uh, as anyone who listens to the pod or knows us in person, we are uh, big advocates for all sport. So if we're not giving you enough women's sport, please um, feel free to let us know what you want us to talk about as well. Because and that's yeah. it,
1: Paul. Like if people like, I got a full disclosure. I didn't watch the game last night, and I yeah, and I didn't even know Newcastle played today because I had a very emotional day yesterday with the passing. Yeah. Of- and burial of a very dear friend of mine and I didn't even know any of that but <clears throat> I do know when I got up this morning that um, in my Facebook feed there was quite a few um how we say it uh, fem- ladies of my generation who got into watching the game last night with the Matildas and were saying how proud they were of just watching the Australian girls play and, you know and, and for some of those people and um, some of them might have even joined up to listen to our podcast recently that's a big a big thing for them to be uh, you know seeing that that the the, the female sport is being played at the highest level. So it's still a – these things are happening in leaps and bounds. But I will say this, if sports and sports people don't want you to comment on how they played in a game that's got national and international exposure, then people will stop talking about it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And you've got to be careful what you wish for because that's just the dumbest move ever, reacting to people having an opinion.
0: I mean, you know, the people I know who made opinions, I'm not talking about the idiots, the people that I know who made opinions, they were opinions from people who are passionate about the game. And so to, I don't want to say attack, that's a strong, to criticise those making critical analyses of a game is not a great move.
1: Um, but anyway, we'll that. goes that for every sport, every
0: sport. 100%, 100%. 100%. Uh, but it was nice to see certain journalists and everything get into the discourse as well. So anyway, it's been, as we said, a great few days uh, in women's sport.
1: On that, on that and I'm, I'm going to stop harping on, I know we've got more other things to talk about, but mate, there was a time when you couldn't get journalists in Australia to talk about men's football. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's a fact. But, and that's, you know, I mean, we're not going too far down the line here. We're still, you know, on some of the mainstream uh, media outlets and in the press, hey, it'd be five or 10 years ago.
0: Well, Okay, guys, we'll have a quick talk about the A-League, okay? I'm moving this around a little bit, and I'll tell you why. On Sunday, I'm a – when I say massive Brisbane Raw fan, I I think I'm a massive Brisbane Raw fan. I don't try and compare myself. I just – I love the team. I've been a member for a number of years. Um, I go – I'll be there this weekend for our first home game. So, come Sunday, good friend of the pod, Niels, and I decide we're going to meet up, haven't seen in a while. We're going to go watch the Raw play, Okay. Um, They're playing in Melbourne at Amy Park. Good crowd. Well done, Victory, and a nice, easy win for you. We went to the home of football in Brisbane. not going to name the pubs. They they really tried their best. Not one venue could show the A-League. They ended up having to stream it from their laptop at the pub onto a big screen.
1: Is it on something called Paramount
0: now? It's on Paramount. If you're a member of the A-League... So Paramount's just another one. It's just like Stan and and uh, all those different streaming services. I thought it was supposed so to part. be on Stan. No, Stan, um, Stan's got... What has Stan got? The Champions League and the Rugby Union, I believe. Is, uh, Pete, mm. step in there. Yeah, you're absolutely correct, yeah. Um, so the... Okay, here we go. We'll just give football in Australia a bit of a go. So <laughs> Champions League is on Stan. A-League is on Paramount. English Premier League is Optus. on... Optus and the championship and some other leagues like uh, uh, are on Fox or, or be in sports. I think that's the name. If I'm wrong there, correct me on that one, guys. Sounds
1: right to me. It's ridiculous.
2: You're so right I... there. And uh, the amount of subscription services to belong to, I'm incredibly fortunate that having an Optus mobile plan gives me Optus sport for free. Um, yep. Stan sport you actually need to have a regular Stan account, which is about $10 a month, then pay on top for Stan Sport. So you're at about almost $20 a month just to be able yep. to have Stan Sport. Paramount Plus from memory is about $15 a month. Plus, uh, some clubs had like discount codes if you're a member of that A League club. So there goes a bit of extra money. Um, obviously, Foxtel is just incredibly expensive, regardless of whatever package that you've got. So, uh, mate, I tell you, if anyone ever questions where on earth our paychecks go uh, and why people can't afford, you know, to be able to buy different things or why uh, we are so frustrated in our, you know, love for different versions of the game, it's because of how difficult it is to watch every version of the game that we want.
1: It'd be so good to just be able to go back to what's in it on SBS, but... I find it amazing that there's more live NFL games on free-to-air TV in Australia than every other sporting code that there is. No, it's pretty close. It's, it's, it's darn, darn close. And
0: I'll, I'll give you... Um, I've got Netflix because the kids have had it for years. They want Netflix. We've got Disney because our younger ones love Disney. Um, I don't have Stan. I've got Optus because I've got an Optus phone, so I get the Premier League for free. I got paramount with my Brisbane Raw membership. I think I paid 75 bucks, Pete. Um, wasn't their fault, but I got charged twice for it. And it didn't work for the first few days. And I suppose my point is, we went to a pub called, which you've been to many times, John. It's called the home of football. Yeah. Might have might have something to do with it. <clears throat> and yeah. they, they did absolutely everything they could to get it on. And they eventually did. But it was a minute delay. So people actually knew the score. The first goal someone swore when the first goal went in. A minute later, it went in, if that makes sense. Do you think
1: we're nearly at the point in Australia where they're just going to start to say, we're just going to charge it per game?
0: Yeah, I, will, I think down the track they will. Um, I've got to be honest with you. I'm going to have to make some really tough decisions about the sport I want to watch going forward. And mm. it's going to be pretty disappointing. But as an A-League fan, it's just another cost on top. Like Everyone's raving about the fact that we got this... Pretty, they're paying pretty good money to the comp, but it's just—it's almost one step too far now. If no and one's I'm,
1: watching it, you know, most people and Pete and I—I I, I get everyone's got a different idea. I think most of the people that I know, who are either who who are football fans and they're, and they're, and they're going to be on a budget, they're going to take where the Premier League is first.
0: Well, absolutely, and and the other thing is, guys, I also I know said, I will. I, well, I also pay my Raw membership. I pay my Richmond membership. I pay a mm. Brisbane Bullets membership. There's only, my my money is absolutely stretched um, to, to love sport. Now, that's that's crap, I reckon, that I have to spend that much money to even get in the base level of following my my teams.
1: It's not very nice. They're fighting that's... for the sports fan, and they're still not <laughs> cheating them out. And look, if it's not on free-to-air properly, the game withers and it passes away. Now, in defense of it, I think Channel 10 has
0: done a pretty good start. So they are playing two or three games, Pete, a week of so, A League.
2: So, what the setup is, is one game will be on uh, one men's game of the uh, A League men's will be on Channel 10, and there'll yep. be another game on 10 Bold. One game of the A League women's competition will be on 10 Bold a week, and then the rest yep. of the games will be on Paramount Plus.
1: Okay. But so well, is denied, showing something? Yeah, sure. exactly. you've got to be organised to watch
2: it. Oh, mate, you, you have to plan your schedule around it. But thankfully, I believe it's the Saturday night game which gets played, uh, the seven thirty pm kickoff which gets played on Channel Ten, and then uh, there'll be another game. I think it's the Sunday afternoon which gets played on the uh, Ten Bold. Uh, and then when it comes to Paramount Plus, I know it's a new system. I know there's going to be teething problems, but. It's a really difficult situation at the moment where the system just isn't working the way that it should. We've already had no. audio issues. We've already had video issues. We've already had um, issues in terms of the stream being delayed, as you <laughs> yep. mentioned there. We've already had issues of a random tunnel camera which just had no point at all during the halftime time. Oh, game. that's right. If you, watch, <laughs> if you watch a game on Paramount+, Plus, um, there's no halftime shows. So you just have this awkward Paramount Plus logo that sits on your screen for fifteen minutes
0: during the half time
1: break. Really? That's um, how much does that suck? They can't even have the commentators talking. So, well KO,
0: KO does the same with a fair few sports as well, including the AFL. I believe KO does cut out at half time, um, on, on some sports. So no, these, no,
1: no no no, I don't think so. No, I, they I, did they I
0: did last year. I watched I watched The only time I've game really
1: game seen that game. is when you know, when you're on, on the Premier League and you're getting a game that's not the main game of the week of the weekend. Yep. And, and it just sits there with like, you know, just scrolling through stats. But I've never seen it on the AFL. Not once.
0: I'm pretty sure it did last year on KO. But anyway, nevertheless, the streaming services need to get their acts together. There's no doubt in the world about that. Now, John, are you ready for disappointment?
1: Oh, I just looked up the result after you sort of pushed me into that direction. But go and hit me, yeah.
0: So we had only a small amount of people give feedback, but it was pretty unanimous um, that Borussia Dortmund have beaten Belmain's. What year was the Belmain jersey?
1: Oh, that was the 80s and 90s.
0: Yeah, so Belmain's out. They're done, in my mind. I don't even think it's worth um, us trying to fight for it. The the people have spoken. Borussia Dortmund are going through. What seed were they? I'm putting you on the spot here. I, I think... Belmayne,
1: 14 or 13. Yeah.
0: I 14, think the 13. NRL was um, a fifth or sixth seed. So NRL's out. They're done. Uh, Balmain was the representative, and Borussia Dortmund's pretty comprehensively beaten them there, mate. So that's our first result. We're going to put up a few more polls over the next few days, and we should really start shaping this pretty well, mate. So well done on the last few weeks for setting it all up. Hello. Hello. You there? Right, yeah, if John
2: can uh, There we go. If John can't hear us, that's okay. I'll oh, well, uh I'll just jump in here with a bit of info about uh, the Borussia Dortmund kits. Which, uh, not too sure if anyone is aware of this, but during uh, the initial years of the club's, uh, you know, establishment in nineteen oh nine, they actually wore black and white uh, kits with a red sash across them, and it wasn't until nineteen thirteen that they actually changed to being uh, black and yellow stripes. So it was an interesting one that, um, you know, they actually went hugely into debt uh, during the 1920s. And it wasn't until, you know, 1930s that Borussia Dortmund started to rise up and really grow as uh, as a side. In terms of uh, West Tigers here, uh, an interesting one was, um, you know, the club, they've had so many different types of jerseys over the years, both as you know, the, the new version, the uh, the West Tigers, as well as the, the original uh, Magpies. But it all comes down to the Balmain Tigers. And it's an interesting one, the fact that they had the same Chevron V, or actually mm. double V, that their next-door neighbours, West Ashfield, had. So it was a, an interesting little relationship between these two clubs that initially started back in the early 60s, I believe, um, and was... The fact that West Asheville played in the black, which is part of the reason why Balmain desperately wanted to be in the fluorescent orange to stand yeah. out and be something totally different. So it's an interesting one, the fact that uh, Borussia Dortmund, the yellow wall, ends up uh, winning this battle between these two sides. But um, it looks like the yellow wall, um, a team that has worn yellow and black since 1913, uh, congrats to them for progressing.
1: Yeah, no. I know, look, from, from my point of view, I... I definitely um, would have voted for the... Now, you have to say this a grain of salt. I would have definitely voted for the Tigers jersey, um, for Balmain. Um, but I detested and loathed Balmain with an absolute passion um, and always have and always will. But, you know, a couple of things that I love about that jersey. I, I love that jersey and its pure simplicity. I love the, the emblem and... You know what i got to say when it comes to wearing modern football jerseys or old school NRL jumpers or jerseys. Give me a give me an NRL jumper to wear like a barbecue or something like that because that, they're still going strong. You yep. can't kill them. Yep, and Spot I'm a bit on. surprised by that result because I would have thought that Dortmund's jersey one is never one that I would have picked from the from the Bundesliga anyway. Um, so I think it's a bit of an eyesore.
0: Mm, well, the people spoken,
1: and that's what this is all about. So
0: uh, we, we wanted to, it to be more than just ourselves, and it certainly has become that. So I'm pretty excited that people were passionate about the response, um, and that's what we wanted. So whilst we, you, you can be happy with one result or another, the fact that people got involved is what I'm excited about.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm just giving my opinion. And, oh, and I, sure. I, I, I'm quite surprised that Dortmund, because you know what, essentially, I thought like visually, I thought it was one of our more dull matchups, really, mm. between two different great jerseys, and I got to say that on, I've, we've reprised the Boca Juniors versus um, Flamengo uh, game to go to a proper decision. And I think of what I'm looking forward to that more than anything else. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. So keep an eye
0: on Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and Twitter and our group as well, because we will uh, be putting up the rest of them over the next few days. Now, your team, Newcastle, got bought out by billionaire owners, and billionaire owners are everywhere in American sport. And my team, the New York Mets. Um, basically have a a billionaire owner who's also been a fan since he was born. He's a New York billionaire. He's a Mets man. And he's just gone nuts in the preseason. And we've gone from being 50 or 60 to 1 to 14 to 1. So fifth favourites for the uh, MLB title, you know, the Major League Baseball's uh, title next year, World Mm -hmm. Series. And we've just signed Max Scherzer. So if you know anything about baseball... He's thirty-seven, but he's one of the greatest pitchers. Who he's going to walk in first ballot Hall of Fame? Is, the, he, uh, is he?
1: Is he Mister and Missus Scherzer's kid? <laughs> you would think so. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know if I fell over, but that's good. Good news. No, he's
0: a um, unbelievable pitcher. Probably, definitely the best pitcher available um, outside of uh, Garrett Cole. So. Um, at the moment, um, we've signed him to a $130 million contract, and there's about four or five more players to come in, and we've already signed three or four others. So the Mets have gone from being the laughing stock um, to probably one of the front runners, which I'm not used to with my team. So um, Steve Cohen said his checkbook is open. What's the point of uh, having a lot of money if he can't try and buy some success for his team? God, so that
1: was, never my, that was certainly never Mike Ashley's standpoint.
0: <laughs> oh, well, mate, I'm just excited to see Scherzer and uh, Jacob DeGrom. So. Makes a massive difference
1: here, uh, Pete. What do you reckon? I think it makes a massive difference if your owner actually is a fan of the team.
2: Yeah, I think it, it, I think it definitely does help. There's no doubt about that. And the fact that if there is an emotional connection at some point, we can see that, you know, Leicester's the obvious example of how much they love their ownership family. Um, we see how much that uh, John Henry, uh, John Henry, sorry, and the Liverpool crew um, ad- adore each other in that relationship. We can see it, especially with Chelsea as well, Roman Um It's 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 important to have a relationship, but at the same time, fans fans want an owner who feels like they are connected. So, yep. for instance, um, here at Sydney FC. We've got uh, one of our majority shareholders, David Traktovenko, His son-in-law, Scott Barlow, who is one of the um, you know key shareholders as well. So, although Traktvenko might be over in Russia doing his business over there, his son-in-law looks after the mm-hmm. Sydney FC club on kind of a, a regular basis. So there's a, a connection in some way. There's you know a, a need that if we wanted to reach out, that we could. We saw this currently uh, with Brisbane Raw not that long ago with the Malaysian ownership that they had and the huge fan disconnect and distaste towards this as well. Uh, The fact that they felt that the ownership weren't doing anything, that they weren't providing enough support, either emotional, financial, um, and that kind of stuff. So I think it is key that there is a relationship and that uh, that there is a, a connection.
0: Well, it's funny you say that, Pete. One of the pages that I run um, is a page called Talking Brisbane Raw, and um, I just put up that yeah, you know this weekend you might have to swim to get to the game, because anyone who knows Redcliffe knows it floods, and around the ground as well, uh, the uh, the canals there can flood. And the Brisbane needs a
2: canoe, I've got a few in my shed. So if you need three canoes, let me know. I've got three. Mm. I'm more than happy to ship them up for you.
0: Oh, I'm pretty happy with that, but uh, the club responded within a few minutes of my post, and I just thought that was the engagement that we used to have with the club. So that was uh, that was good to see. Um, and Redcliffe
1: famously not part of Brisbane, yeah,
0: hundred percent. And uh, <laughs> you're not wrong, but even though it's mm. you know not that far away,
1: um, so oh, it's got some rugby league team now, the Redcliffe Dolphins,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, they can, they can. Uh, I won't say they're it not part least. of
1: Brisbane, and 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 aggressively market themselves as such. Yeah, None exactly right. The
0: Dolphins, that
2: they couldn't call themselves Redcliffe Dolphins, so they had to be just called Dolphins?
1: Part
0: of that might still be to do with they're still going to run a team in the QRL uh, as that will be the Redcliffe Dolphins um, as their reserve. So I don't know if that's part of it as well. But I think it's more about getting a national identity. Um, calling yourself Redcliffe Dolphins, <laughs> people aren't going to know where that's from.
1: Come on. But, my Logan City Scorpions couldn't get a national identity. <clears throat> well, well, mate, I, um,
0: I was definitely hoping for another Brisbane team, a complete new entity, so I could perhaps get behind them, but I won't get behind the Dolphins. I, I 100% will not get behind them at all. Um, guys, the worst game that you personally have played in sport?
1: That I've played in?
0: That you had that so you were playing a game of cricket, you went out for a duck, you dropped six catches, you went none for ninety-three bowling, something on that. So what's the worst game that you that sticks in your mind um, from an own personal experience? And if I'll you want to give in. a couple of examples.
2: Yeah right, I'll jump in first and go. A under fifteen grand final that we played, uh, my team banks down RSL Dragons against Panania RSL. Mm-hmm. Uh, We only had nine players for our grand final, and the rules were that we weren't allowed to bring players up from the uh, age group below us. Um, And so, because we had a few players who were away uh, on a family trip, uh, we only (laughs) had nine players there. Um, We ended up getting pummeled, I think it was five or six nil, um, and it was... Awful because, well, it was enjoyable that I had my family there to come and support and whatnot, but at the same time, it was awful that, you know, we just got pummeled, we've just played 70-odd minutes of a game, and it's ended up in that way, and it's just embarrassing that you can play a grand final like that where the odds are so far stacked against you. But, mate, uh, hey, I'll, I'll say that is one of easily my worst games I've ever played in.
0: Well, uh, I've got two for you. One is I played for my dad's work team in a game of footy, as a pickup game of footy. And um, at that time, I was playing a pretty high level. So there was some pretty big expectations on me. And I kicked naught goals, seven. So I took about 14, 15 marks. I could not kick for quids. And, uh, yeah, I kicked seven behinds. So thank God my brother played a good game and we got over the line. Um but yeah, another game was in an actual grand final and I had two kicks. We lost by a few goals and I had two kicks for the whole match and I was playing in the middle of the ground. Every, anywhere the ball went, I would chase and the ball would bounce over my head or I just could not read the play. So, yeah, they're my two worst I've ever done.
1: What about you, Johnny? I was playing a game for um, <clears throat> the Slacks Creek Soccer Twos. Yep. Um or well, under 13s or something. And I thought it was all that. And you know, you know those games when you folks are actually there and you sort of think, all oh, right, you know, it makes you a bit nervous. Yep. And um, I missed a wide open goal. And also, I was trying to call for a ball from a throw in from the other side of the field. And Dad, that half time, he just sort of passed and said, he said, mate, he said, there's no one can throw a ball. Seventy meters, <laughs> so stop calling for it. <laughs> oh, that, that was that was terrible though.
0: In our bright you know. orange, in our
1: bright orange and black at the soccer twos at Usher Park.
0: How good's that? How good's that? Oh my mm. god. Um, Pete got you got out of that easy, mate, because you yours was more of a grand final. You didn't put yourself down. I love it. That's that's the perfect coaching philosophy. Well done. Thanks, mate. You now know, what about what so about the is. what about the worst? Time, like, or the worst game you've ever seen your team perform in? And remembering, I follow Miami Dolphins and Richmond and teams like that, and we haven't always been good. What's the worst game you've attended live watching your team?
1: I'll go first on this one, because I thought about this long and hard, and I do follow some teams that have had some struggles, and I follow some teams that have been okay. But sometimes when things are really bad, they actually become funnier than bad. Oh, yeah. Bad. And I was lucky enough to be at Carrara when um when Geelong towered up the Bears by two hundred and thirty nine points. Oh my and, god. And um, and that was pretty that was pretty amazing. And we were laughing at the end. And that's one of the main reasons why I said I'll never go for the Gold Coast Suns. I don't have to. I I did my purgatory at Carrara many times. Yeah. Um, I'm not interested in revisiting that. Like I see Newcastle throwing some stinkers. i I've, I've Work with. I had to have been at the game. I saw Newcastle play some absolute stinkers. After I spent a lot of money to go to England to watch them. Um, yeah. It's too many to even think about. But that game there, that game when 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 the Bears got dusted was pretty low, as far as being at a game. That was that was ordinary and it was horrible. Bog of a car park. They opened one gate to let you all out. You couldn't get a pie. People getting stuck up and go. it was just the worst night ever. It was funny, but... Oh, mate, you gotta, you, you're
0: got right. you right. You've got to sometimes, um, you so, it's, sometimes it's so bad, it's hilarious. And that that used to happen with Richmond where we were gone at halftime and we would just have a ball. Um, I went to Richmond, North Melbourne on a Friday night many, many years ago with my brother. And uh, Richmond kicked the first two goals and North Melbourne kicked the next 25 um, and it was just a nightmare and my brother was giving it to all of us he's a massive north fan um, and so yeah so to see 25 goals in a row we started singing you know like 99 bottles of beer on the wall but 23 goals to none 23 goals to none I broke for Richmond I won't sing the rest because I'll make you yeah anyway so um yeah that was the worst one I've ever been to it was a Friday night it was pouring with rain um, but I didn't leave so I can at least say that now, We've gone, we need Pete here. I think Pete's going um, to give us something, but I'm just trying to, th- I don't know where this is going to go. I think it's going to be a world game event. So what was it there, Pete, for you, the worst uh, performance you've seen life? from Sydney same follow. Oh,
2: mate, I've got a few that currently uh, pop into mind. I've seen Sydney FC games where it's just been comical of how bad games have been. I've seen, uh, you know, Dead Last having a blast, TIFOs that we've created. Um, and we've just enjoyed, you know, being so horrifically poor uh, back in, I think it was season four and season five. Of the competition. Um, I will actually make this a bit more um, recent with last weekend's game between Sydney FC and MacArthur uh, uh, Bulls, where I'll put into perspective that MacArthur, Arto Milicic completely outcoached Steve Corica. And you could see all the players were frustrated and all the players were trying to work out what the next solution was. And at no point did Steve Corica come up with a new solution. And at no point did he come up and actually say, you know what, I've got out coach today. I can take it on the chin like a guy. I can understand the fact that, uh, you know, they deserved this and wanted this so much more. But instead he decided to have a hissy fit and go, nah, you know what, um, I'm not going to change who I am, what I've done, I'm better than this, and the team will uh, get better. And I'm like, mate, just accept the fact when your team gets done, that you get done by better teams sometimes.
0: Absolutely agreed. Absolutely agreed. Guys, we've had some really long podcasts in recent weeks. I want to keep this one relatively short so that we actually keep a few listeners. So I'm going to hand over to you guys to talk about any topic you want to talk about the world of sport right now.
2: And I have put you on notice (laughs) here. That's cool. Well, I'll jump in uh, with my final words here about the uh, the Women's Ballon d'Or Prize where uh, this year, we had 20 female nominees. Uh, In the men's side, we have 30. So interesting one. You know, we don't have equal opportunities here. Now, the awards were also held on Monday night. However, for anyone who is aware, this is actually an international break for women's football. So out of those 20 nominees, only five players were able to attend. And out of those five players, most of them had played either the day before or the following day were going to play. So it's incredible that we still have this afterthought uh, and that, you know, the fact that you've got this major competition, you've got this super award, the Ballon d'Or, and yet it's not given the respect that it deserves. And instead, you know, as good as it was that Alexia uh uh, sorry, Portalas um, ended up winning for Barcelona Firmini. Um, as great as that was, I think it was really overshadowed by the fact that not enough people were able to get there because it was an international
0: break and it, it, it's just not a great scene. And uh, we'd be remiss not to uh, mention Messi winning number seven, is it? Yeah, correct. And uh, Lewandowski, I, I thought he was really deferential. I thought he was really respectful of Lewandowski. Um And it says a lot about the the relationship between those guys. And and then, you know, from all reports Ronaldo cracking it, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But uh, congratulations to Lionel Messi on his seventh Ballon d'Or.
1: Yeah, whatever. (laughs) I'm so bored with Messi. I don't really care. You know, for me, the mark of the guy was he sent Barcelona broke. Then he turns up at another giant club. And it's like, go and play somewhere where you're not surrounded by Superstars all the time, but anyway, I've said that a million times. No one is to hear it. A big shout out to the Australian boxer, Cambosis. Oh, yeah, with an absolutely monstrous performance over in the States where he humbled. And it's so nice to watch an American loudmouth get humbled. Um, and he was and humbled, took,
0: and he was humbled.
1: Absolutely. He took all his belts away and he took his lunch and he stole his soul and he still stood there and was able to be. Gracious in the win, and the Yank just couldn't do it. Wasn't and I'm so pleased that I, yeah. they don't have a rematch clause or nothing.
0: Wasn't it brilliant though when he tried to hijack and he did hijack the uh, the interview post fight? Yeah, and and, the crowd and knew and the, he'd lost. And the Aussie comes back and says, "Well, hey, feel welcome. You can come to Australia and try and get the belts back if you want." I just thought it was so classic. like it. <sighs> It was a classy performance by the Aussie in the ring and also after. So that's a great call by you,
1: mate. Yeah, just a, um, a brilliant performance. I want to send a big shout out too, to one of the guys who I think is amongst the most overrated NFL players that I've ever watched. Um, he Aaron made Rogers. a comeback for, for his own team the other week. He made it all about him. He had one result. He was dancing and preening and... And he's learnt nothing. He was never allowed himself to be humbled and come back as a, as a team player. Um, I believe he's going to suck the life out of his team for a second time, and that's Cam Newton. Um, so yeah, big shout out to Cam. Hope you have and, a great weekend team, at the hairdressers.
0: What team beat him, mate? What what team humbled him?
1: You not see Cam at the weekend? Sorry, mate. Did you not see Cam at the weekend?
0: Yes, I did. I'm just uh, I'm being a bit facetious there, mate, because my team's going to go on a massive run of six or seven wins and miss the playoffs again.
1: So, well, um, the mark of the guy is that he did get dusted off by you blokes. Yeah. And, you know, like, I, I just, you know, I, when he's winning, it's all about Cam, and when he's losing, it's all about the team. And I can't stand the bloke. No, so, great shout-out. There's that. And, yeah, and finally, I just want to say, G'day to my old mate, Azza, who listens to us, and he sent me a message today. Really excited for today's podcast, and Azza, if you're sticking with us and you're enjoying things, so he's a legend of the PVC Cricket Club and uh, loves our podcast, so nice to hear from you. Anybody else wants a shout out, let us know. We're happy to talk it up, and yeah.
0: I appreciate that. I I just want to say as well, um, next week the Ashes starts, so... We'll do a little bit of an Ashes preview, and it may not start because who knows what's going to happen in Brisbane with the weather. Um, there'll be excuses plenty from both sides, and I and love the banter. So um, apparently the Barmy Army have um, been put on notice to tone down their songs, and if that's who oh, case... Who, 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 if, who did if, that? Uh, we'll, we'll post some stuff up on, on the podcast. Is there website. a
1: worldwide conspiracy against fans of every sport yes. who are having fun?
0: yes. And they'll drive fans away, and then fans are not going to watch it at home because as as we said before, seven or eight different streaming devices.
1: If you but, can't handle the Barmy Army singing a few songs, then, you know, something's wrong with you.
0: Well, for me, there is no Ashes without the Barmy Army. I'm not talking about me. you,
1: per se. I'm talking about whoever oh, these know. people are.
0: No, that's what I'm saying, though. Without the Barmy Army, you might as well not have the Ashes because it's just so much fun.
1: Yeah, Guys, it's a whole lot different to a tour group of 50- and 60-year-olds going, ooh, shot.
0: You nicely played, Ta-da.
1: And, Got and that's there. what the Aussie tour groups look like when they go over, they're all wearing the same outfit. You should have seen, uh, you
0: should have seen what we used to wear, mate, when we when we toured, it was AFL footy jumpers, and you weren't allowed to change them for the whole tour. So, um, yeah, anyway, uh, nevertheless, this has been the Love Sport podcast. Super Pete, love your work. Where can we get you on Twitter?
2: Come and find me, Pete Novikovsky. Good luck trying we, to work out how to spell it. It's up w, to you to it. Is work a W in out. there? It's a yeah, there's published. a few Ws in there. There's, a, there's an N in there somewhere and a couple of Ks as well.
1: We can get John at... At my place. Come around and we'll catch up.
0: It's not a man cave. It's a person cave. It's a cave of Oh, no, gold, it's a man cave. No, I know it is. And there's you can get you can get me at paul underscore football. I'm very proud to have these guys as my co-hosts on this podcast. Thank it's you actually to the not growing... blokes
1: only. It's not blokes only. <laughs> no, I, I, know, that. I know that. Right.
0: Um, I also want to say thank you to our listeners for being really proactive on our different uh, Facebook groups and polls and everything. Um, as John said before, give us a yell. You want to hear some different kind of things about sport. We're happy to do any topics you want we have in the past. And um, let's go, Mets. That is the Love Sport Podcast. Guys, nice and easy one that. I'll get it down to about 40 odd minutes. Pete, get that physio on your jaw. John, I didn't only heard one can open tonight, I think.
1: Hey, quick question for Peter. Um, uh, I was talking to. Uh...
0: Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. Paul, John, and Pete got right into it tonight. You can get us on Facebook at the Love Sport Podcast. Join our Facebook group. Get us on Twitter at the Lovesport Podcast. You can also get me at Paul underscore football, John at Landic Peach and Pete at Pete Novikowski, spelt with a W. This is, was and always will be the Love Sport Podcast.